All right. Hey, good morning, K2, or good afternoon, uh, whenever you're watching the service. So glad that you've decided to join us. Hey, uh, if you missed last week, we started a new series called Bless. We're talking about how God loves the world, and he wants every single person to know that, but then he's choosing to use us as the people to make sure that they understand how much God loves them. So it's Bless, B-L-E-S-S. E, eat together. S, serve with love. S, share your story. All right, well, hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Nelson family. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> and this is not the Dave Nelson family. This is the Mike Nelson family, which is my brother, my younger brother, Mike, his wife, Linda, Jared, and um, Jenna, and my wife, actually, Susie, of course. Um, but I'm back here in Michigan. As I share with you guys, my dad's been under the weather, struggling, so I came out here to hang out with him. But man, I love being with my family. And so, yeah, so today... We're talking about eating together. In fact, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. If you're, we have that's we are right in the middle of our meal. Uh, Linda asked me. She's like, okay, if you what do you want a classic Michigan meal? And I, I said, I, I don't know. I don't care. But she gave us the classic Michigan meal, Leo's Coney Island. The Coney Islands in Michigan rock the world. Best Greek salads ever. Chicken kebabs. It's awesome. So um, so we just want to talk though. Why in the world? Does the Bible talk so much about eating together? So I'm going to ask these guys why they love to actually eat together. So go for it. Jenna? Um, the reason I love eating with my family is the laughter and memories that we have together. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I think for me, it's just because time flies so much that <clears throat> so it goes by so quickly just for us to have a chance to be together, listen to stories, share laughter. I agree with Jenna and tears even. So just a chance to get real. Um, I think mostly it's connection, deep mm. connection with each other, finding out each other's day, putting your phones away for a whole hour, always best. Um, and I think when kids hear each other's days and um, hurts and hangups and yeah, I just think that we have so much uh, throughout the day that happens in our lives and throughout work or at school or just social life that. You know, it's great to go home and, like, actually talk to people and actually they care about what you have to say and, you know, just touch feelings and base and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. How about you, babe? I just think if we don't eat together, we never actually stop long enough to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And um, like Jared was saying, so many things happen in a day that we don't even think are important to really set up a time to talk about. But when we start talking at dinner, it's... Um, we realize these things matter to us. So, That's cool. Yeah, guys, you know, it really is interesting <clears throat> that the power of eating together really does build community. That's what almost every answer was, and it helps us to connect deeply. And what's interesting, it's, it, that's been the case throughout all of history, all cultures. There's 7.6 billion people on the planet right now, and no matter where they are in the world, they actually eat together. It is a communal thing. I found a great article in the Atlantic uh, magazine called Why We Eat Together. They said it's the commu- that communal dining is quintessential human experience. And it was really interesting. They said, think about it. When someone says, dinner's ready, what happens? Everybody leaves the individual thing that they were doing, and they come together around a table 
or a mat or whatever it is to actually be together. And generally, this is generally, you usually wait till everyone has their food. Now, don't come to the Nelson house, I mean, our house, because usually we just start eating. But, but generally, if you're actually gathering together with a group of people, you kind of wait till everybody has their food. And you usually don't stop the dinner till everyone's had enough. It's a communal experience. And <clears throat> I love this. This was a quote from the article. It said, with that same sensitive organ, the mouth, we taste and consume, breathe, kiss, and speak. Think about that. That's pretty amazing what we do just with this mouth. But eating together, again, it does breed conversation. And it also makes conversation a whole lot less awkward. If you really think about it, if you, as long as you have a cup of coffee in your hand or something around you to eat, it makes the conversation easier. So shared meals, they bring calmness when there's friction. Like if you know you're going to have a hard conversation with somebody, it's so different to say, hey, come to my office and let's talk versus, hey, I'll meet you at the coffee shop or, or let's have lunch. But also when you eat together, it makes celebration way better when you're celebrating the fun things that have happened. So here's what I want to remind you of today. Um, good food is a good thing and it's a God thing. And that's what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to go ahead and let these guys finish their dinner, and I'm going to go to another place in the house, and we'll finish this message. All right, <clears throat> part two here. So good food is a good thing, and it's a God thing. You know, if I asked you uh, about following Jesus and uh, asked you what you thought he did while he was on earth, I'm sure you know, many of you would say, well, he, he prayed, he loved people, um, he healed people, he taught, he did miracles, walked on water, he died on the cross, he rose again. Um, but how many would you would ever think that Jesus actually, part of what he did that helped him save the world was by eating together with others? It's really interesting when you look at the life of Christ. Um, Alan Hirsch, she's one of the great thinkers today for, for the church, and Lance Ford, they wrote a book called Right Here, Right Now. And listen to what they say. Sharing meals together on a regular basis is one of the most sacred practices that we can engage in as believers. Missional hospitality is a tremendous opportunity to extend the kingdom of God. We can literally eat our way into the kingdom of God. If every Christian household regularly invited a stranger or a poor person into their home for a meal once a week, we would literally change the world by eating. It's a very interesting quote. And here's the truth. God, actually all through the scripture, he loves to eat together. Let me, let me, I just want to show you just a few examples of this. Back in Exodus uh, chapter 20 is where uh, God begins to give Moses the Ten Commandments. And then uh, he continues to give him some more teachings and some more laws, things that he wants the people to follow. But this really is, it's the covenant, the Mosaic covenant, where God is saying, I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people. And um, in chapter 24, it, listen to what it says. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, this is right before he actually was going to give Moses the, the Ten Commandments on the tablets. Mos the Lord said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. 
You are to worship at a distance, but Moses alone is to approach the Lord. And then in verse 9, it says, Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelite. They saw God, and they ate, and they drank. I just, when I saw that, I, 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 I've read this passage before so many times, and I, I'm like, and they ate, and they drank. You know why? Because this was what was called a fellowship meal, or a covenant meal. And so when you would ratify a covenant, they would celebrate the formal ratification of the covenant by actually eating together. And this is when God was saying, you and me are together. I have a covenant that I'm going to be your God and you will be my people. It was all about the unique relationship that God was going to have with Israel. And the way they solidified it was they ate and drank together. And everything that I read and studied said this was really also kind of a foreshadowing of the new covenant in the New Testament that Jesus actually caused to happen through his death and resurrection. And when he was telling the people, his disciples, about the covenant, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. What were they doing? They were eating together. They were having the Passover meal. This was... This is such a part of Jesus' life. And, and again, remember, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And so how did, he, how did he live his life and how did he do his ministry? So much of the time, he was actually eating together. Look at this, Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 and 11. says, And Jesus went on from there and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. Matthew got up and he followed him. And while Jesus, very next thing, Right after Matthew decides to join him, what's it say? While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and they ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? This was a big deal, that Jesus Christ was eating together with tax collectors and sinners, okay? And then Jesus himself says in Luke chapter 7, verse 34 and 35, listen to him. He says, the son of man has come eating and drinking, and you say, behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Now, here's what we know about Jesus. Jesus wasn't a drunk, and he was not a glutton, but he was so frequently eating with people who were that he got accused of it. This was the life of Jesus. This is God showing how do I bless the world? How do I connect with people, tax collectors and sinners, people who are far away from me? God in the flesh, Jesus, he ate with them. That's what he did. And how did Jesus bless people by doing this? Why was this so important? It's a little bit different in our culture, but to understand back then, in those days, the meal, eating together, was central to their life. In that culture, eating with someone was a statement 
that you wanted to be associated with them. It was an affirmation of that person's value and their worth to you. So basically what Jesus was saying when he ate with people, he was saying, you matter to me and I want to be connected to you. So as we desire to bless people by connecting them to God, then, and as we say we follow Jesus, then we really need to follow his example because it's a huge way to bless people. So think about this. <clears throat> what does an invitation do? So if you invite someone over for dinner to your house, what's an invitation do? It immediately tells someone that you've been thought of. I mean, if I get an invitation, it's like, okay, the, on the base level, somebody's actually thinking about me. I'm on somebody's mind. And when you give an invitation to somebody, it helps them to know that they, it, it just tells you, they want to be with me. They, they're asking me to be with them. You're desired, you're wanted, and you're valued. And really, when you're getting an invitation, it's an invitation. I, I'm asking you to come. Share, I want to share life with you. Come on over to my home and let's eat together. And then, I, I, as I was thinking about this, it's, it's crazy. The preparation of a meal actually shows value. Because the person who's doing the preparation, they spend, first of all, they've spent their life working to earn money to purchase all the food for you. And then they, they, it takes time, right? It takes a ton of time to clean the house, to cook the food, to prepare it. And then when you actually come together, it's like, this is my life. It's like, you're saying, this is my life you're ingesting. We're sharing our life with you. Man, it's an amazing thing when someone invites you to their house for dinner. They're saying you matter to me. It's a great way to bless people. And then, as my family shared, and you guys know, when you get together, it leads to connection. All of a sudden, if the stories start being shared, People start asking questions and sharing opinions and insights. And the next thing you know, your hearts are actually connecting. You're sharing your life together. And that's why eating together is so important. In Luke chapter 14, again, Jesus is eating. And what's cool about this is he's actually eating at the home of a prominent Pharisee. See, so even those who were his enemies, those people who were against Jesus, Man, he always shows us. He's like, I, he told us, right? You, you, you can, anybody can love their friends. You, I'm asking you to love your enemies. So he's eating with tax collectors and sinners because he wants them to know they matter to him. He eats with the prominent religious leaders who are against him because he wants them to know that they matter to him. So in Luke 14, he's eating with them. And one of the guys at the banquet table says, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. So what he's talking about is they, they just knew someday at the culmination when, when they were together with God, it's going to be a feast. And he was, blessed are the people. There it is, the word, blessed. And then Jesus said this to him. He shared a story with them. Listen to this. Jesus said, a certain man was preparing uh, a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, listen, he sent his servants 
to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything's now ready. But they all like began to make excuses. The first one said, I have just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. And still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to the master. And then the owner of the house became angry and he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. And then the master told his servant, then go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. You know, this story reveals something super important that I want every one of you, no matter where you're at in your spiritual journey, to hear about God. God reveals, it reveals to us that God sends out invitations. He is saying, I want you. What does that mean? It means you're on his mind. And by the way, in the story, it's also saying he wants everyone. Like he, he sends his servants out to those who got, who got invited, which I believe is also Jesus came originally for the, for the Jewish people, for the Israelites. He's like, you're my people, right, from that first covenant. But so many of them, they just, there was a rejection of him. So he's like, well, then go out to the streets and the alleys, like in the city. Great, we got all those people. Then go out even farther. If you feel like you're far away from God, he's sending his servants out and saying, invite everybody, every one of you, every person you know has an invitation from God to come and fellowship with him, to come and eat with him, to come share life with him forever. So here's what, it, here's what we, I, I want to make sure you understand this. You're on his mind. He wants to be with you. He values you. And he wants to share his life with you. I love this. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, okay, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and they with me. Isn't that interesting? He's telling the story, man, at the end, and he's saying, listen, anyone, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock because I want to come in. And isn't it interesting? what does he say he wants to do? If you'll open the door, he will come in and eat with you. That enjoyment of sharing a meal, the connection that happens, the intimacy that happens. We have a sweet God. And again, Jesus is saying that to every, if anyone will open their heart. So, now, let me just say, hey, K2, you know what our mission is? 
Our mission is to invite and equip everyone to live out the adventure of following Jesus Christ. And really, this is partly why we chose that word invite, because we're his servants. I mean, God has told us, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And the Father sent Jesus into the world to let the world know that they could be connected to God. And then he obviously made the ultimate sacrifice to forgive everyone of their sin so they could be reconciled to God. But then he says, I gave you, if you remember last week, and then he says, but if anyone's in Christ, if you are actually a follower of Jesus, he said, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. If anyone's in Christ, he says, I give you the commission to bear the mantle of the ministry of reconciliation. We're his servants. We're the ones who are supposed to go out and invite people into an eternal relationship with God. So how can we start? I want to encourage you. You can start by inviting someone over for dinner. Come on, man. Let's follow Jesus. That's what we're saying. We want to be like Jesus. Well, that's what Jesus did. He had dinner with people who are far away from God. So there's your application. If we're going to be a blessing to the world, let someone know they've been on your mind. Let someone know, I want to be with you. Let someone know that they're valuable to you. Invite them over and eat together. And then let the conversation go like we talked about last week. Then you can listen with care, ask great questions, get to know them, and let them know that they matter to you. And that blessing will begin to open the door for them to find out that they matter to God too. All right? We're supposed to be a blessing to the world. So begin with prayer, listen with care, and eat together. So your application, you guys, today, I just want to encourage you, that Franck list, F-R-A-N-C, if, if you did not listen last week, we had everybody put together a list called a Franck or Frank list. And it's just F-R-A-N-C, and the F is we asked everybody to write down the name of a friend who's a friend that you want to be reconciled to God and to, be, to, to know him personally. Who's a, the R is a relative. Who's a relative? A, an acquaintance. N, a neighbor. And C, a coworker. And you put down those five names. You commit to begin to pray. Pray for them every single day. And then get together with them. Invite them over. Pick one of those people this week and actually invite them over for dinner. Eat together. Show them that they matter. And you'll be a blessing to them. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.